There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 78 of Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing episodes one and two of season three of Dark Matter. Okay, so Steve and I just kind of discussed this for a second off off air. Why do you think they ran these two together as, like, the intro for season one? Well, when season two ended... The crew was basically scattered to the wind, and we knew didn't know who was going to survive and who didn't. So in the first episode, we kind of brought the crew back together, which I think a lot of people are glad that they did it quickly and didn't drag it out for a couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. And then they moved into the second episode, which got them their blink drive back. Okay. That totally makes sense. And then you think they're going to go like with a whole different story then? Right. Well, yeah, we'll get into the, the war now. Okay. Kind of like all of your lead up at one time. Right. All right. You got ratings news for us, too. Yes. They uh, rated both of them together as a combined two hours, and it brought in a 0.15 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.587 million viewers, which brought it in as the 73rd cable show of the evening. Now, I do believe... Steve and I are going to be both right in the the live plus seven day because both right, of us yes. are like had crazy things happening this weekend. So I'm excited though we're back. I really yes. like the way everything was going and interesting things happened. So oh yes they did. Why don't you take us into episode one? All right, being better is so much harder. The survivors of the EOS-7 bombing fight to stay alive and find the rest of their crew. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you so much for that brief uh, (laughs) uh, synopsis there, Uh, Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi does this to us all the time. It's like, okay, we are not going to spoil anything. No. (laughs) You know what? It's kind of smart, though, because how many times have you and I talked and we're like, I can't believe that the official Twitter handle for the show just spoiled something. Like, the first tweet out. Sci-fi does not do that. No. They might send a picture, but it's probably, I'd say, a good 30 seconds after it hits the air, which doesn't seem like that's very long of a time. But, I mean, they usually don't do spoiler pictures, though, either. Right. But they also, they do both both, uh, coasts. So I feel like they still don't really do a lot with the pictures. No. Like, they might say something. Usually they're, like, going on people's feeds or just, like, repeating a line. So I, I think they do really well not trying to ruin it. But at the or same time, it, yeah. give me a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that fine line. Yes. Okay. Well, we are on the space station, and all hell is breaking loose. So where shall we start? 
with the insanity well, that's the, happening. Yeah, the, we, we end last season where we see Trufault grab five and they take off trying to get off. And they make it to an escape pod. They get to a, no, they're just in the escape pod. Yeah. And they actually are able to signal the Raza and the android gets them. Okay. Five with the blonde hair. I was like, <laughs> she looks so weird. Yes. And then when she finally took that, the wig off and it's like, oh, green hair. Okay. That's so much more normal. That's the weirdest thought when I say that out loud. Okay. Right. <laughs> I don't know. You get so used to the character and what they look like. And then when they change them or when you see them in real life, it's very strange. Yes, very much so. And it's fascinating that Trufant is basically, as much as I hate to say this, is kind of becoming an ally. And of course, she goes on to say that, yes, that Mikay is staying neutral for now because they were neutral at the vote. And they're kind of hoping that the other factions will uh, kind of weaken each other, and then they'll come in and clean up the mess. But I thought it was really interesting that the Raza crew kind of had to count on her for a little bit of information, at least, and they didn't come attacking the Raza. Mm -hmm. Well, I think at the same time that she knows how to, let's say, play her cards close to the vest. Oh, well, of course. So she's going to help where she can, which obviously this affected her, too. Right. So, you know, might as well get the kid and get out because probably the best chance to be, you know, picked up in one of the life rafts is the Raza because they're going to be far enough out where a lot of the factions probably were close. And they I'm assuming, you know, their ships and, you know, possibly losing, uh, you know, ships in the process of this blowing up. Right. So. It was a good, smart move on her part. And I don't know, because later we do hear, you know, I owe you one. And I I believe she said something along the lines of, I'm not going to take you up on that if I was right. So thinking like, all right, she just realized I was saving my own butt at the same time. Right. So I I don't know. I don't know what to think about her and what Mikay is going to mean for us. Right. Yes, I yeah, I don't trust her as far as I could throw her. <laughs> but her approach definitely was different in this episode than it has been in the past. And it kind of threw everybody off. <laughs> well, again, I'm thinking, you know, she sees the bigger picture, too. And she sees that the Raza, you know, like we find out, it said later, they're not the good guys, but they're not the bad guys. <laughs> There's a whole lot more bad happening and these guys are trying to do good. So I think Mike may end up actually being an ally. Right. Which is really and of weird course, saying. Trufat also thought that the blink drive was still on the Raza until she was told, no, it's not. And that's when they are getting attacked by the Ferris ship. Which is weird. Where the heck did they come from? Shouldn't you be trying to save any of your people? I don't know. Well, seeing that Ferris was the one who originally planned to set oh, yeah, they were a, bomb to a bomb off. It. No, I, I get that. The human bomb. I forgot that. <laughs> I don't know, but what? So they just didn't have any people there? So they're like, screw it. We're going to just blow up the Raza? Well, how'd that work out for you guys? Right. Although I, I did get a little worried. Oh, yeah. The drives were down. The shields were just barely hanging on. We had no weapons. Right. And then they got boarded. 
Well, again, didn't work out for you. Because no. three people, well, two people at an Android, ended up taking you out. The girl made one shot. The adult female made, what, maybe... Two or three. I was going to say maybe six, the way she was shooting real fast. And then you were all taken out by the Android. Never yes. underestimate the Android. Now, don't you feel stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yay. The Android's like, all right, listen, let me take over that little little puddle jumper there and take care of this ship because we got no weapons. And she does, and again, worrisome because the ship is like ready to blow everything up and the, the little uh, transport's getting closer and closer. And I'm like, just blow it. Just blow it. Right. I was pretty much along the same lines as five. It's like, uh, is it close enough? Can you do it now? Can you do it? <laughs> and then they we do. get way too close. Right. And then boom, there it goes. So yeah, bye bye, Ferris ship. So that that was good for me. Right. And you figured that if Ferris was going to do this, they would have a at least one attack ship to try to make sure nobody escaped. So at least you've knocked out the leadership of all the other um, groups. Oh, see, I wasn't thinking that way. But you know what? Right. It seems like it's been so long since last season, and I never rewatched the season before. I don't know why that would make sense to do. Because sci-fi doesn't give us time to rewatch anything. They keep coming out with good stuff. I know. Should I tell you, side note, there's going to be a new Sharknado. And guys, I told you last year that if you write in and... And say that we need to cover it. Steve will watch all of them. That's right. <laughs> Steve will watch them. I know. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> all right. Let's go. Yeah, if you want to torture Steve, write in. <laughs> okay. Let's go to two and six. They make it off, too. Yay. They get to the Marauder. They get off the station, but they're too close. So they get damaged. And pretty badly, because they'd lost everything. Right. Yeah, they don't have anything. No engines, no comms, nothing. They're just dead in the water. But as Two says, at least we'll look like debris if somebody does happen to show up. Which is both good and bad. Good, because, okay, nobody's going to fire at them. Bad, because nobody's going to save them. Right. So it's like, ugh, okay, what do we do? Well, Six gets the comms going. Oh, big surprise, big smarty pants. And he lets the android know where he is. And this is so funny because I was, like I said, going through pictures on the website, like putting stuff up. And it part of it I was getting to was their panel. And to hear the android talk so normal, like in their panel, and then to hear her in the show, you know, so calm and so monotone. We are glad you are alive. We have no engines to come get you. We hope you don't die. <laughs> it was basically what that was. And I'm like, it's so weird. Yes. It's like, how do you keep that tone of voice, too? Right. How do you not break? I don't know. I was impressed. Strong actress. Yeah. yeah. It's really strong, because I'd probably break laughing too often. They'd be like, you're done. You need an upgrade. Two and six. Okay. They're like, all right, they're going to come get us. This is good. Oh, crap. What's that noise? It's like, what was that buzzing? That's never good. Yeah. Well, life support's failing. Now what? Right. And I didn't exactly understand the whole thought process here because two has six go to the back to get an oxygen tank and then she locks him back there. And then she says she moves most of the air to that compartment for him. 
because her right. nanites, she can survive for at least 30 right. minutes. Right. That's That was her plan, was she figured that seeing that the Raza had been reporting that it'd probably take about 45 minutes to get engines back online to get them, two figures that the best option is to make sure six has enough oxygen to last that long, and she's hoping that her nanites will keep her alive as well. Now, I get that. But she had to know that when she did that, Six was going to be screaming and pounding on that bulkhead, which (laughs) means he's using up more oxygen. Obviously, she didn't think this through all the way. Right. Well, she was too distraught because the android informed them that Nix was dead. Yes. Which is, ah, she's blaming herself. I don't know why. She wasn't there, so it wasn't anything she could have prevented. But, I mean, as the captain, I guess that was her biggest thing. And that's why right. as the oxygen starts going, you know, becoming less and less, she ends up seeing Nix and talking to her. Now, I'm assuming that the conversation happened in her head, that she wasn't actually talking yes. out loud. I mean, I know Nix wasn't there, but that she wasn't actually talking out loud, because I think at some point, Six would have been like, who are you talking to? I'm talking to, right. <laughs> but how did you feel about that conversation? Well, I really think it was Nix was in her head to tell her. Basically to support her and say, you're doing the right thing. Okay. Don't give up now because of my death. So it's she's acting kind of like her subconscious. Right. Okay. Exactly. Well, they get saved. So yay. Good thing. Because Six already had the oxygen mask on. So who knows how much air was actually left in the whole place. Right. So yay. Yay for the save. But then we have a whole different thing happening. Like. Is he saved? I'm not sure. Happening with three and Lieutenant Anders of the GA. <laughs> yes. Where did he come from? Because <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Seriously, when they first show, like, he's on planet and he's dragging three, I'm like, what? wait a minute, who is this guy? Why, do I, why does he look familiar? And why is he dragging three? What the hell did I miss? Because I was watching it on demand, so I'm like, did they miss something? Did they no, skip it? No, it was there at the end of last season. As we see, you know, everybody's scattering. Three runs into some old friends. In quotes there? Yeah. <laughs> and basically, Anders finds him. Oh, okay. And Anders, because he's GA, he knows who Three is and says, Ah, this is going to be an easy one. He's not even going to be able to fight. Yeah, see, this is why I need to rewatch the season. They should do that, like, right before, and at least play that. Show the finale of the season before, right before the new one. For those of us who have cobwebs, you know, in their memory. Yes. Like me. But yeah, I was just like, okay, he's just dragging him. How is he doing that so easily? He's not a small dude. No. <laughs> uh, but, you know, apparently he's like, oh, okay, we're going to turn him in. And then I start freaking out because they end up going to this warehouse or something on planet. And we keep seeing something saying, what was it? Motion detector. Thank you. Intruder. And I was like, what the hell is that? Right. And I started to freak out because I'm like, is it some alien? What What is coming for them? Right. Because honestly, all we've seen are different types of humans. So we don't know. I mean, are there like alien aliens? You know, like crazy looking things with like, I don't know, giant teeth and pincers. Who knows? That's what I was thinking. Like something like that was coming for them. So I was glad that wasn't what it was. But at the same time, 
I think it was a little scarier because there's no reasoning. You know, right. You couldn't reason with the security drone. Right. There just wasn't any way. It's like, I and mean, it looked like it was, it had been damaged. And so it's programming wasn't all there either. So yes, that definitely made it more intense because you had no idea if it was just going to go eliminate. <laughs> <laughs> now, Anders is like, all right, listen, I'm turning you in. I know who you are. And three is telling him, well, you know, again, I'm not the big, I'm not a bad guy. And he looks at him with like this look, like really, right. he's like, okay, we are bad guys, but we're not the worst. We're trying to stop the bigger bad guys. And he's like, why do you have me handcuffed? And, you know, so the whole back and forth, because Anders just does not want to listen to three. No, not at all. And then uh, he's like, oh, good. The cavalry's here. So he walks off. And that's when we hear the scuffle, which we don't know, because we don't know it's a drone at this point. Right. And I'm like, oh, God, what is it? <laughs> and thankfully, three's like, yeah, I'm going to sit, sit here handcuffed. Okay. So he manages to use a piece of rebar to get out of the handcuffs, which I don't know if that would work. Cause he, but he looked like he was hurting trying to turn it that way. Too. Right. Yeah. It was one of those break the wrist type thing to get out of the cuffs. Uh, ow. Yeah. Like just thinking about that is painful. Yes. Well, three gets out. He manages to help Anders because Anders yeah. got shot by the drone. Yes. Well, he like lays on top of him. I thought he was going to choke him or something. <laughs> like I, I was like holy crap three's going crazy you know and he's like really close to him doing that shush motion with his finger right because he he did hit the drone with that rebar and it was a little more wonky but it was <laughs> a whole lot more wonky <laughs> it was all wonky but it wasn't able to detect them and so as it right, moved because they wouldn't they didn't move if they had moved then it would have oh, okay. but because three was on top of him telling him don't say anything and don't you know Basically, don't move. Mm -hmm. It will go away. It did. But then him and Anders kind of have a little fight, a little squabble there about the guns. Yeah. He's like, you're shot. You can't, you can shoot, but you can't aim. He's like, we got to get rid of this thing. And finally, Anders relents, gives him a gun. Three ends up shooting the drone. But I think it was a little sooner than they expected it to come back because they accidentally made noise. Right. And it's like, well, we don't really have a whole lot of a plan. So surprisingly, they were able to disable the drone and he actually gives Anders back his gun. Now, I thought Anders was a little surprised because he wanted yes. him to be like this bad guy that he thinks he is. Right. Do you think Anders was a little disappointed because when the real GA comes, you know, Anders actually doesn't say that he has him there. He just has three. He's just that he's by himself. Right. So do you think that Anders felt that, you know, I guess he might not be as bad as I thought, you know, since he actually didn't kill me just now? Right. Absolutely. That was huge to Anders to make a deal and see that three was above board and honest and did exactly what he agreed to. That definitely gave him more to think about than just what the warrant says. Okay. And he did something even more surprising. Yeah. Contacts the Raza and tells them where three is. Because two was just like, how How do you have this number? It's like, this is an unlisted wall. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, this is why. Gives him, and then they go, they give him the coordinates or whatever, and they go and collect three. So mm -hmm. it's like, oh, the family's all together. But wait, it's not. That's right. <laughs> yes. Because we have a traitor 
Among Us uh, in four. This makes me sad, though. It really does. Yes. And it sure looks like that's not going to change anytime soon, yeah. if at all. And it was kind of like losing one. That was hard. Yes. Even extremely hard. Because of the way that happened, that was hard. This, I think, is more heartbreaking because he did it, like, knowing full well what would happen. Right. And now he's like, all right, well, this is it. There's no going back. At least that's what it seems like right now. Right. And he's saving his planet as far as he's concerned. And, yeah, you kind of do you put family and home before friends or not. Well, well, I don't know, because he kind of gets a bit of a dressing down because he releases his teacher from jail. Right. And Misaki, I'm like, what's her name? She's she's ticked. She's like, you're letting your heart think over your what's good. You shouldn't let him out. He's a traitor to the throne. But he really wasn't. He was just loyal to Rio. So, right. I mean, I can see both sides of that argument. Yes. But why would Rio be like, no, I need to kill this man for being loyal to me? That makes no sense. No. <laughs> because what would happen? What would other people, even though that's what you, quote unquote, should do in your position, what would the other people who are around you say that you killed somebody who was loyal to you that spent the last three years in, in jail? And I don't think Masaki is thinking of that. No, no, not at all. She's just thinking, like, these are the rules. But And we know that the court is not 100% behind Rio yet. Because he actually tells the teacher that. Mm -hmm. So he knows he's got to kind of walking on eggshells as far as the court's concerned until he can replace the uh, ones who are less enthused. And he offers a nice little retirement package. Yeah. He's like, oh, but you have to denounce what you did. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that because I was loyal to you and you're and the true king, yada, yada, blah, blah. And Rio's like, oh, that's disappointing. I guess you'll just have to stay on and be my advisor. Right. And again, like I said, this is when Misaki gets all ticked off. And I'm like, listen, listen, little girl, you need to sit down. Yeah. <laughs> because as badass as you can be, I have a feeling that Rio will just, like, end you. Yeah. Which... I expect that to happen sooner or later. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Because he doesn't know what she did yet. Right. So, er. We have the crew back together, and they sit down and try to decide what's the best course of action. They all agree that they need to get the blink drive back. Right. But we have a little bit of a disagreement as far as what to do with Rio. <sighs> it's kind Two and three want to put him down, and five and six, not so much. I know. There's no real way to break that tie. No. Because <laughs> you sure aren't going to let the android do it. <laughs> but we did have the android in kind of a cute little moment, because she made a casserole. Oh, for the crew. And they made everybody stay together and have a family dinner. Which I thought was funny. And she had this yes, like, little pink frilly cute. apron on. Yeah. I'm like, look how cute that is. Well, that was episode one, and takes us into episode two. Because it really was just like a big paint stroke altogether. Right. Two-hour movie. Right. I don't know. That that was really weird what I just said. Anyway, <laughs> episode two, it doesn't have to be like this. The crew of the Raza targets 
an Ashita research station in an attempt to take back the blink drive. Well, that was specific. Right to the point. Yeah. There. All right. Let's start with five, Steve. All right. Well, the crew decides that the best way to figure out where four is got the drive is to have five plug into Rio's memories and try to determine where that might be. And of course she gets a memory of Rio as a child and we see his teacher there and we hear mention of the Ashita research station that is very well hidden inside a nebula. Now, I thought she did this on her own. I didn't realize that the crew thought it was best for her to do this. I think it was more implied oh, okay. than anything. I don't really, I mean, yeah, I guess Five has been known to do things on her own, that's for sure. But that this it was really didn't the only really way. Seem, yeah, it didn't really seem to be much of a surprise later on when they find out that she's having issues. None of the crew seems all that shocked that this would be happening to her. So that's why I assumed that, yeah, it was the crew discussed it and figured and and she goes, well, I think the only way to do this is to plug in. Let me get some of Rio's memories and see if we can figure it out where he might have the blink drive. Okay. And they they had no other choice than to let her do it. Well, like you said, she does stuff all on her own anyway. Like she were really going to stop her. Right. You know, and I was kind of surprised, though, because like it's dangerous and they haven't really talked about it in, you know, any kind of lengthy conversation. Right. But obviously, like we see things happening that are kind of weird with her because all of a sudden she's like in her own memory. Right. Which was highly un unexpected. But, well, I shouldn't say unexpected. You wouldn't think that getting some of Rio's memories would also activate some of hers. Right. But it did. Yeah, and she's, like, just remembering when... I can't really say when she was a kid. Right, no. Because she's still a right. kid. Right. <laughs> Even though she's not really, but yeah. Right. Just learning that, you know, she had such a... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Panache for machinery. Yeah, aptitude. Thank you. And this guy was... Helping her out, this old guy let her work in her his shop, and then he even offers to pay for school. Right. And I'm like, okay, that's that's kind of weird. Well, he never had kids of his own. I just, it seems like I don't know, maybe because of all the shows that we watched. It's yes. I'm so skeptical of somebody <laughs> doing this super nice thing for somebody else. Right. Well, apparently he was pretty much he knew. The, gr the group that she was running around with and all the trouble that they were getting into. And he didn't really want to see her follow that path when she obviously had some talent. Mm -hmm. And so really the only way to try to keep her from going down the wrong path was to give her the opportunity to take the right path. Okay. I see that being a good thing. And well, then we have all this back and forth because she keeps coming or falling into this, like these memories. Right. A dream state. Which is scary because she just kind of passes out. She was on her way to go, what, check the uh, communications array, I think it was. And right. She's like, she's on the floor and she's back in this dream state. And it's like, what is going on? It was really freaking me out because I thought she was going to end up 
like, and just in a coma where she's like living in these memories and can't ever get out. Right. And basically that was what was happening. But the android has a way to possibly make it all better. Right. By using the same technology that was used on the crew originally to erase the memories. But it wasn't completely erased. No. She had the knowledge of what had occurred in them without having the memory itself. But, of course, it's happening right when, and it was right at the end of her memory when the old guy was like, I wasn't trying to turn you guys in. I was trying to get information. I found out you had a sister. She was adopted. She's well off. Her name is, and then it goes away. I was like, you knew that was going to happen. Yes, absolutely knew it. Yeah, and you see five just, oh, it's heartbreaking to see her. No, stop, stop. Like, wait. Just for a couple of seconds? Oh, no. Yeah. So, do you think we will find out who her sister is? I kind of have a feeling we probably won't this season. Okay. But I think we might next season. Why do you think they I would think wait? I think that is a, a future storyline. Well, I think the war between the groups is going to take up most of this season. Okay. I really do. And once that's over with, then we can go back and kind of take care of personal issues again. Okay. Kind of like one season one, season two. Season two was more personal stuff. Season three is the war. And then four will be back to some personal stuff, I think. Okay. Well, that takes us to everybody else. That's right. So let's talk about two, three, and six. All right. So they've decided that. They're going to go into the nebula now that they know where it's at and get their uh, blink drive back. It's mine. So, of course, 2, 3, and 6 head off in the Marauder into the nebula and, of course, start firing on the station, disabling its weapons, and they die. Of course, while all this is going on, Rio is alerted. Of course he's going to be alerted. Yeah. We see it on his his screen. He gets to see it, watch it live. So two and three uh, blast their way onto the Ashita station with um, six staying behind in the Marauder. Which seems like a smart move. You got to have somebody in the getaway car, right? Right. You got to have your uh, driver. But then all of a sudden, everything disappears and they don't know where they're at anymore. I mean, come on. Do you not remember what happened last time you guys tried using the blank drive? Exactly. The first attempt. Right. I don't know. I I feel like he's just being a giant pain in the butt. Yes, definitely is. I don't know. Yeah, we're in a pocket universe of nothing in between realities, I guess. But the android was kind of able to sense them there. Or not sense them, like, like readings of them. So... Yeah, the the android was able to detect unusual readings and assume that that had to have been what had happened to the station. Well, it was smart because it helped them get home. Right. Because apparently this weird bubble around the station that the blink drive took them to starts to shrink. And a little bit more and a little bit more. Then it seems to go faster if you notice that. Oh, yeah. Now, of course, Rio... Pops onto the station, and you kind of go, uh, when did they get transporter? I know. I'm like, how did he get there so fast? Because I thought he was, like, somewhere else, but... Yeah, he was on his home planet, but all of a sudden he's on the station, and he's telling the lead scientist to go ahead and 
let's jump it back to the home world and... Like it's so easy. Right. Duh. Yeah, Rio seemed to forget what happened the first time they jumped in the, in the Raza. Well, apparently he thought his scientists were just so much smarter. Than an android. Yeah. Mm, maybe not. That worked out for you, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, as they're like, okay, this is shrinking, what do we do? Rio, Rio is being a jerk. He's like, they will kill you. They will kill you if they come in here. It's like, dude, okay, I don't think they're just going to kill everybody. But he seemed to not not want to be the Rio that we know. Right. And do you think it's just more of a show? Well, you know, when they run into him in the corridor and he basically tells them that, oh, yeah, you got three more doors to get through before you get to the lab. And, oh, by the way, did you bring enough explosives? You know, and you know that they didn't bring enough explosives for four bulkheads. Right. So maybe it was more posturing than anything else. Right. Yes, it was him trying to delay them. Which is stupid, because he knows that this bubble is shrinking. Although, his scientists are telling him, wait, you need to open the doors, because you have this group of scientists over here that are stuck where this the bubble is shrinking. And he's like, no, no, I can't do that. No, they will kill right. you. And essentially, you know, he lets them die. And I'm sorry, but this is not cool. And yeah. how the other scientists are like, oh, okay, no big deal. No, no, I'd be ticked. Right. Two and three, both filling full of holes. They discover that he was a transfer clone, which... I feel like they had to know that. You would think, but there really wasn't any way that they could tell if he was on the station or not when they got there because of the nebula and all the radiation. That's true. Because they kind of looked shocked that it just kind of went on them. I think... uh Maybe they felt a little bit better that 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 it wasn't him. Right. I think in in the end, yes, I think they will feel much better that, yeah, they didn't actually kill him, even though both of them really wanted to really bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they go to save the scientists. And I'm yeah, thinking, they make a deal. OK, this is going to happen. Well, that group of scientists, real let die. OK, so that ain't going to help. So they go back. All right, listen, we'll get the blink drive. We'll get these guys out. Holy crap. This guy is dead. Yeah. And it's like, weren't there two of them in here? Where'd the other one go? And where's the blink drive? Ah, so that woman's running. And I love that she just goes basically right for the bubble. And she's like, I'll throw it in there. It's like, we're all going to die, lady. Right. Maybe we can get you off. And then, of course, she's... And this is just, like, very, like, old history, old school. Like, I will die with honor. Like, right, exactly. You're just going to be gone out of existence. Nobody's going to care. Right. And pretty much that's what happened. I mean, she gets shot in the arm, so she drops the blink drive. Thankfully, not into the nothingness. Right. And then she just gets shot in the back. It's like, you know, we're done with you. It's like, ooh. I, I felt bad for her because I'm like, that is, that's kind of rough. I thought it was the leg, but you're right. It may have been the back. Yeah, I just felt like that was a bit rough for her. Like, but you know what? You want to be a jerk. Yes. So two and three get back to the Marauder. They get the blink drive installed. And of course, six goes, well, that's great, except we don't have coordinates. We don't know where to jump to. You know, they really need to start keeping like a log. That's all I'm thinking that needs to happen. But yeah, Android. Yes. A repeating signal that two notices and figures that it. Because it is repeating, it's not 
a freak of wherever they're at. It's got to be a signal and tells Six to use those coordinates. Well, thankfully he did because it worked out. Yes. Like I said, oh, because the android. She's a smart cookie. And they get back on the the Raza and the android's like, yeah, that was me. All right. Now back on Zion, the real Rio, now that he knows Nyx died because he had spoke to the android and, on the Raza. Yeah, android was a little upset, I'd say. Because she says, you know, when he says, let me talk to Nyx, she just stops and she kind of looks and she's like, she's dead. You killed her. Right. Uh-huh. Now, right then, I thought Rio was going to say something like, Android, it wasn't me. You know, just something to kind of clear himself in her eyes. But I was surprised that he didn't. Right. But at the same time. Yeah, right now to him, that's it's inconsequential who did it. And yet he knows who did it. Yes, he absolutely knows who did it. And, you know, that was the deal that he made with the android, that there would be no killing. They would come on board, get the blink drive, and be gone. And that's not what happened because of Masaki. I don't like her. No. <laughs> she's always, like, like messing with her sword. Like, when he was talking to his teacher, she's, like, ramming for her sword. And when she mm-hmm. confronts the teacher, she's, like, holding her sword so you can see it very distinctly and i'm like i just want to hit her yeah is that bad i feel like that's bad i'm like you're such a little brat right i mean even nix wasn't that way when we first met her last right in the prison so yeah i don't know if it's masaki's got eyes on the throne herself or what or you know we get this story that she tells tiku about her being in the guard and trying to compete and getting beat up and trying to get her vengeance and this poor pity me, but I came through and I'll kill anybody who gets in my way type of story. And it's just like, yeah, it it makes you start thinking, okay, are you hoping to be on the throne? Right. And even when Rio confronts her with a knife to her neck, she's like, your heart's getting in the way and it needed to happen. And you're going to have to confront all of them at some point. Right. It's like, all right, listen. At that point, I'd be like, you know what? We're done here, and you got to die. <laughs> I'm a horrible person because <laughs> I, I would have had to end her right then. I have a feeling this will come back and haunt him in the future. Probably, because she's such a little pain in the butt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> Stupid and sad. Could be my hashtag, kind of like I was with Orphan right. Black. <laughs> I was like, stupid Rachel's going to be stupid Masaki. Sure. Anyway. <laughs> All right. We like running through these episodes and like trying to give you everything that happens. And then when I think about it, I feel like we're almost not explaining it. <laughs> Does that make sense? I hope you guys are making sense of this, of our insanity. Right. Yeah. Yes, I mean, we're trying to hit the highlights and then and provide a little bit of insight as to what we think is really going on. That's because I don't think we need a play-by-play. You guys are watching this. This is season three. You're right, right here with exactly. us getting mad at stupid Misaki. <laughs> exactly. So hashtag next episode, stupid Misaki. I want you guys all in on that. That's right. <laughs> I want to see that trending. That would be awesome. Okay. I think we pretty much got through everything, yeah? Yes. All the craziness. So, okay. Everything is fixed on iTunes. Yay! 
Yeah. So we changed our RSS feed for you guys who don't know and probably like, what the heck happened? Everything disappeared. So if you're on iTunes listening, if you subscribed, nothing changed for you. Well, it might have changed actually because I had a hard time finding mine, but everything's yeah. fixed. <laughs> and uh, if you notice the popularity meters, nothing's pinged because it's reading it like it's brand new, even though it's showing like when we downloaded it originally. Right. So you can still go back to listen to our craziness from the last two seasons and you'll be like, these people are nuts. But good ratings help other people find the show. Tell your friends, tell your family. You know, we want to hear all of your crazy ideas of what's going on. What do you think is going to happen to the crew? Is Ryo coming back? Is stupid Masaki, stupid Masaki. But, you know, whatever. We want to know. So fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com. You can, of course, find everything at the website, www.fangirlzone.com, our Facebook page, our Twitter handles, Steve and I's handles. So when we're not actually tweeting from Fangirlzone, you can know which one we are. And, of course, photos. When we're tweeting from Fangirlzone, you don't know. <laughs> Who's tweeting you? <laughs> it's weirder when we start talking to each other through it. You guys are going to be like, okay, this is really strange. But... <laughs> But for this episode of Fangirl Zone, blinking your dead. Oh no, wait, wrong blink. So this is a blink drive we're talking about. <laughs> but I'm Sean Fangirl as, and I'm Steve. Oh, I ran into some old friends. It was more like they ran into me actually, repeatedly with their fists and feet. And until next time. <laughs>